In the first Lord of the Rings book, The Fellowship of the Ring, the Fellowship discusses what route they'll take to get to Mordor, where Frodo will dispose of the evil ring. Gimli, the dwarf in the Fellowship, suggests they go through the mines of Moria, located underneath a mountain. It's within this mountain that a grandiose dwarven city exists called Dwerodel. Upon their arrival to the city, though, the Fellowship discovers that the city appears to have been abandoned. That is, until they discover the skeletal remains of the city's residents gathered in a mausoleum housing the tomb of Gimli's cousin, Balin, who he did not know had died. While Gimli grieves, Gandalf finds a tome of sorts that chronicles the moments leading up to the death of the dwarves. He reads, They have taken the bridge and the second hall. We have barred the gates, but cannot hold them for long. The ground shakes. Drums, drums in the deep. We cannot get out. A shadow moves in the dark. We cannot get out. They are coming. It's about this time that Pippin, the clumsy hobbit in the group, accidentally knocks a skeleton down a well, bucket and all, creating a massive amount of noise. And that's when the Fellowship begins to hear the booming of drums echoing in the empty chambers of the city. They barricade themselves in the room as the sounds of running, clanking, and shouting approach. The glow of Frodo's magic blade tells them exactly what's approaching. Orcs. The author of the Lord of the Rings books, J.R.R. Tolkien, would later explain orcs, which are the main mass of bad guys encountered in the books and the movies, are more broadly known as goblins. of Tolkien, the lower-ranking, smaller orcs encountered are goblins, while the larger, higher-ranking orcs, called Urukai, are actually a form of hobgoblins. The orcs are dangerous and vicious, blindly following commands without question, but not good problem-solvers in their own right. The Urukai, on the other hand, are vicious, dangerous, and free-thinking, able to strategize and problem-solve. These versions of goblins show up multiple times throughout Tolkien's writings, including The Hobbit. They are usually encountered in seemingly unlimited numbers 
and easily make up the bulk of evil characters encountered in most, if not all, of Tolkien's writings. But where did the idea of these evil goblins even come from? Folklore, obviously, and while Tolkien put his own touches on his goblins and hobgoblins, the idea of goblins has been around in recorded history since the 1100s. Goblins exist in some form in folklore from Germany, France, Great Britain, Portugal, Spain, the Americas, China, Japan, Greece, South Korea, Zimbabwe, and India, to name a few. Each culture put their own idiosyncrasies on their goblin beliefs, but there are some consistencies among most cultures. Goblins are almost always malevolent, but their malevolence can range anywhere from being thieves, to mischievous pranksters, to bloodthirsty murderers. Goblins are also almost exclusively male, but in English-speaking countries, the female version of goblins can be called crones or hags. And in case you were wondering, a group of goblins is called a horde. It's not unusual for a single goblin to run from a fight, which often leads people to think that they've won the fight or scared the goblin off. Instead, the goblin usually will come back with a whole horde of goblins, using sheer force of numbers to win battles. Goblins have magical powers, which vary from culture to culture, and often share characteristics with trolls, ogres, dwarves, gnomes, imps, fairies, and demons. Many goblins are most similar to gnomes in appearance and behavior, but gnomes tend to be more stationary, staying in one place their entire life, while goblins are more likely to be wanderers. Goblins are known to be greedy and are especially attracted to items made from silver or gold. Jewelry and weapons seem to be their favorite items. Some goblins live in the forest, waiting for an opportunity to steal from travelers while they sleep. In fact, many goblins are thought to be so selfish and protective of stolen goods that they'll fight to the death to protect items that they've stolen. Goblins, in general, are considered to be small-statured creatures that live in dark places, like forests, caves, and even abandoned buildings. They are usually humanoid, but may have grotesque features, like pointed ears, broken and yellowed teeth, thick hair across their entire brow, and unsettling voices. When you picture a goblin, 
you might picture a little man with green skin who singles out children as the target of his attacks, which isn't totally wrong, but the idea of goblins being green and specifically attacking children is actually a relatively modern belief. And before modern times, they were usually thought to be dark-colored, skin-colored, or altogether invisible. Invisible goblins were thought to exist, not within the physical realm, but within a spiritual realm, like ghosts, phantoms, spirits, and demons. Although they could affect change within the physical world in similar ways as a ghost, moving or taking items or making appearances in the form of apparitions from time to time. The most commonly seen form of goblins actually most closely resembles one of multiple subtypes of goblins called trows. Kobolds are a type of goblin that originated in Germany and are similar to the humanoid trows, but with more distinct non-human features, looking similar to Dobby the house elf from Harry Potter. Hobgoblins are a British form of goblin known to have dark and shaggy hair, and while considered malevolent, their malevolence is usually limited to pranks and tricks. Knockers have similar personalities to hobgoblins, but they live in mines and have been known to befriend miners. Miners who stay on the good side of a knocker are less likely to experience trickery or theft. So treating knockers like friends seems to be the way to go. Fukas are also similar to hobgoblins in personality, but usually appear as dark horses. And bogies are very small goblins, often less friendly than hobgoblins, fukas, and knockers. Hogboons are often considered to be the friendliest and least goblin-like of the goblins. The most dangerous type of goblin is the redcap goblin. This goblin is also sometimes referred to as a dunter or powry. These goblins are products of British folklore making appearances along the border between England and Scotland. These goblins are said to live in abandoned castles and large buildings between the two countries. They lie in wait within their homes, hoping for travelers to wander in for a place to stay the night. Redcaps carry iron pikes and wear iron boots, that are very fast and efficient killers. In fact, it's considered to be impossible to outrun a redcap goblin. The only way to escape a redcap is to quote scripture, as you're running for your life, of course. These goblins cannot stand to hear scripture and will not only give up the chase upon hearing it, 
but will also lose one of their prominent buck teeth. For those unfortunate enough to be caught by a red cap, they're not only killed, but the red cap collects their blood and uses it to dye his hat to maintain its bright red coloration, which is clearly where their name comes from. However, red cap goblins must kill regularly to dye their hat because their hat is directly linked to their life force. If a red cap's hat is allowed to dry out, then he'll die. And so, red caps are always looking for a victim to keep their hat wet with blood. One red cap managed to make a name for himself by being even more evil than other red cap goblins. He went by the name Robin Redcap and was a familiar to Lord William de Sulis. If you're not sure what a familiar is, you can become a patron and hear my patron-only episode about familiars. Robin Redcap lived with Lord de Sulis at his castle, Hermitage Castle, and was known to assist him not only with dark magic, but also with abusing and murdering men and women. It was said that so many evil and blasphemous things were done at Hermitage Castle that the stone keep of the castle began sinking into the ground, as if the earth itself wanted to hide the evil place from the sight of God. According to folklore, Lord de Sulis was boiled to death for his crimes. According to history, he's believed to have died under mysterious circumstances after being imprisoned for treason for planning a coup. But his involvement in witchcraft and the dark arts is questionable at best. Another malevolent but far less dangerous type of goblins are the Kalikanceroi, originating in Greece and Cyprus, but stretching across much of southeastern Europe, including Turkey, Bosnia, Albania, Serbia, and Bulgaria. They are considered to be small, dark-colored, and mostly blind. They have tails and are often depicted with goat legs, like a fawn. They eat small creatures, like slugs and worms. These goblins live underground and spend most of the year sawing at the trunk of the world tree. The world tree is responsible for holding up the earth, so the destruction of the world tree would end with the destruction of the earth. These goblins saw and saw at the trunk, working to destroy the earth. But then, on December 25th, they are able to come out from their underground dwelling for the duration of the winter solstice. Once on the surface of the planet, the Kali Kansaroi forget about the world tree completely. Instead, 
shifting their focus to humans. The good news is that they are only active at night and are afraid of the sun. They are also afraid of fire and holy water. A fire burning in the fireplace all night is a good way to deter these goblins. They love nothing more than causing trouble for humans and are impish in behavior, reveling in trickery, pranks, and thievery. However, they are also considered to be very stupid, and one of the simplest ways to prevent one from entering your home is to place a colander on your doorstep. Kali Kansaroy consider the number three to be holy since it relates to the Holy Trinity. They will attempt to count the number of holes in the colander, but once they reach three, they are unable to bring themselves to count it, which causes them to start over. They will spend all night counting to two and having to start over, and will disappear from the doorstep with the sunrise. The Kali Kansaroi are able to wreak havoc on the surface of the earth through the entire winter solstice, but on January 5th, they are banished back to their subterranean home. However, once they arrive, they find that the world tree has healed itself and they're forced to start their sawing all over again. The Kali Kansaroi may be considered the dumbest type of goblins, but the intelligence of other goblins seems to be up for debate in different cultures. Some cultures believe that goblins are highly intelligent, manipulative, and wily, while others believe that they're simple and childlike. Some goblins perform minute tricks, like altering signposts, tipping over milk, and moving items around. Others perform more sinister and complicated things, like weaving nightmares from gossamer and then putting them into sleeping humans' ears. Goblins are also sometimes responsible for the appearance of changeling children. In Zimbabwe, goblins, called Zvikwambo, are sometimes considered to be the cause of a child being born with a disability. It's believed that these evil goblins secretly impregnate women while they sleep, since, as the belief goes, strong and virile men couldn't have anything to do with creating a disabled child which has a lot of the same vibes as the beliefs in changelings and the unspoken hatred of people who are different. Other goblin-like creatures include the Earl King in Germany, Trasgu in Spain and Portugal, Gudrobonga in Bangladesh, Dokebi in South Korea, Muki in the Andes, and Pukwudgies, which are both folklore and cryptid, and have an upcoming patron episode. Goblins make frequent appearances in pop culture as well, more than just in the works of Tolkien. 
Everyone knows the Spider-Man villains, the Green Goblin, and his successor, Hobgoblin. The role-playing game, Dungeons and Dragons, features multiple creatures the game considers to be goblinoid, which are legendary human creatures that are usually barbaric and powerful, with the three main types being goblins, bugbears, and hobgoblins. Green-skinned goblins show up in the Warcraft and Magic the Gathering universes. Goblins also make frequent appearances in fairy tales and literature, including Christina Rossetti's poem, Goblin Market, George MacDonald's The Princess and the Goblin, Gesta Romanorum's The Benevolent Goblin, multiple stories from the Brothers Grimm, Hans Christian Andersen's The Goblin and the Huckster, and a Japanese fairy tale called The Goblin of Adachi Gahara. Goblins have long served as an explanation for the unexplainable. Sometimes things go missing and we just don't know why. And sometimes things happen they don't seem to make sense. And sometimes people act in ways we don't understand. And sometimes when those things happen, it's easier to assume a supernatural explanation than to admit that sometimes things just don't make sense. Now, if only I could figure out what happened to my car keys. Thanks for listening to another episode of WISE. Help me make new content by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash wisepodcast. Patrons get early access to new episodes and two extra patron-only episodes per month. If you want to reach me, as always, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at awisepodcast or email me at awisepodcast at gmail.com.